Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Wow, it's so good to see so many of you here this morning. I was kind of a little bit nerve-wracking this this week. I don't know what's going to turn up, you know. You don't know what's going to happen, really. And um, who's who's been doing the flyers and stuff, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I was still doing about two and a half hours yesterday still, more flyers, because there's still some here. I said, guys, no use being in here. Go out there. Have you had some interesting talks with people as you go around? Amazing, isn't it? People are open, and some are not. I talked to one guy. He says, do you go to church? I said, no. Do you want to go to church? No. It's okay. Have a good day. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know. But the thing is, though, I, we know what I like about it. I was going around yesterday, and even if you don't want church, you don't want God, you have some kind of idea about whatever, you still are confronted with Jesus. The name of Jesus is going to be right in your face, and you've got to in some ways make a decision right there to do I want this or don't I want this. And we've got we to gotta trust that the Holy Spirit is working. I know at churches who have done this like we have, go for two services, they saw not necessarily a massive increase like the, in the morning service like today, but the next couple of weekends, things will start growing, growing, growing. Because people have to, you know, get used to it. And then, okay, maybe I'll try now, you know, or whatever. It takes sometimes months for people to go. Like, I know somebody was invited the other day. Remember we invited a lady, what's her name again? From church. And she came in, in the shop. What's her name? Yeah. What? Yeah. Kelly. And Kelly came, uh, like, six months later she came. Uh, so you don't know, do you? So uh, God bless you guys. It's, um... So I want to start with something funny. And uh, I heard about these three men, a Baptist, a Catholic, and a Charismatic. They died on the same day and went to heaven. St. Peter met them at the pearly gates and said, I'm sorry, men, but your rooms are not ready yet. Peter, Peter didn't know what to do with himself. You know, he's very fidgety, you know, to do with himself. So he decided to ask Satan if he could help him for a while down in hell. <laughs> Satan reluctantly agreed. After a few hours, Satan called back to Peter and said, you've got to get these guys out of my hell. The Baptist man is saving everyone. The Catholic man is forgiving everyone. And the charismatic has already raised enough money for an air conditioning unit. <laughs> it's not really theologically sound, this whole thing, but you know what I mean. You know? <laughs> like, you know. Jesus, help us. Hey, today is also the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't mean you stop praying, right? You can stop eating if you want to. I mean, do whatever you like. But the thing is, though, it's really good. So we believe that three weeks of intentional prayer, fasting, worship has really kind of built this atmosphere around us in the city. You know, others are doing it too, by the way. Other churches are doing the same thing. Actually, I heard a church the other day also going to two services in the morning. So... Come on, God is at work in every church, we believe, and we need powerful churches all around the city to reach all of the city. Amen? So welcome to 915, our first 915 meeting in history. So that is like absolutely wonderful. Now this was our first meeting. Have a look at the first meeting. Matthew, you got that picture of the first meeting we had right there. Look at this. Right there in 2009. We were so young. Wasn't that good in the school? <laughs> it's so good, you know, that we, you know, 11 years ago today, 11 years today. Wow. You know, we had such a vision to reach the city, and we started with a handful of people. Some of you are here today. 
And uh, we had nothing. We had some people. And we had nothing. We had no building. We had no money. We had no nothing, you know. And we just did it. We just started the services, you know. And trusting God that it's going to impact the city. We had a heart for the city. We had a heart for lifting up Jesus in this nation. Uh, there was prophetic words over our lives. Words that we were pregnant with a church, with a new expression in the, in the church. I said, okay, the city. I said, great. And kind of we reluctantly kind of went ahead and, uh, and did what God told us to do. And today... We are reaping the benefits. Look what today, what God has done. It's just amazing. Like this week, two years ago, we started our evening service. Only two years ago. It is now a thriving evening congregation. Two, week, two years later, today, we're starting a second morning service. And we've got to start believing for God that he is in this. And he is bringing them more. And he is bringing people because he loves people. He loves reaching lost people. I'm so excited about Alpha. It's one of the most powerful ministries that we have. And the whole new thing at, at the staff retreat the other day, we saw what was going on in the Alpha. And so much better even than like 10 years ago when we did one. And it was all right. I thought it was all right. But it's now outstanding. And, and you already got 60 people coming on, on Tuesday. Guys, guys, we can make it 100. We can make it 100. We did some advertising, sponsored advertising on Facebook. People just come just for the sponsored advertising. At least two already said we're going to come just because of the sponsored advertising somewhere in the, in the cyberspace, you know, in your inbox. You know what I mean? So it's so wonderful. But I, I want to encourage you, like I said before, that we make this one of our main ministries that you can bring people to because people are going to get saved. People are going to hear the gospel. Not just for uh, unbelievers. And seeking God, but also for believers who are young in the faith. Because it's very good as a foundational discipleship. And then we're looking at other uh, discipleship models and things to be developed this year uh, for other people who are then in the faith and need something more. So we're making room for more. Isaiah 54, Jesus said, well, Isaiah said, but Jesus said to us, he says, increase is coming. And so we are believing for increase to come into our lives and into our church. Amen. And it's because God loves lost people. He says he came to seek and save what is lost. I love this in the Passion Translation. It says the Son of Man came to seek out and give life. Give life to those who are lost. Those who are lost in relationship. Those who are lost in their own identity. Those, those who are lost in pain. Man, you, don't, you only turn on the news, you can see. I mean, all the shootings happening again. Like, it's all this pain and aggro and things because they don't have the life of God. They're trying different things, but they're all broken people. And so God comes to heal people and to give them a life. Yeah. Literally, give you a life. Amen? See, we were all, many of us here in this room are Christians now, but we used to be lost. I used to be lost. We didn't have it all together, right? We were in pain. We were doing stuff we shouldn't be doing and stuff that really was hurting our lost. We were lost in some way. But I tell you, most in this room can testify that when God came into our lives, things changed. Things changed. Amen? Because he gave us meaning into life. He gave us a love we never knew we could have. He gave us a peace that surpasses all kinds of understanding. He gave us a joy. A joy that is not even natural. It's a supernatural joy of the Holy Spirit. He gave us sonship. which means we're son and daughters of God. He took our sin. He, 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 he took shame and guilt. So many people feel so guilty. They go around feeling guilty the whole time. Because they're disconnected from the life source of God. 
they need Jesus. The list goes on and on and on of the things that God gives to us, a loving family. Aren't you glad that we have a loving family here? Yeah. I am so encouraged by you. Catherine and I are so blessed by you. And you are blessed, hopefully, by us. We are all blessed by each other because we do life together. And there's a loving family where you can be yourself and you can grow and you can just be loved upon. And when you're struggling, and some people in this room are struggling, there's always pastoral needs of whatever family things. Then there's a family who love each other, who stand with each other, who pray with each other. It's the most wonderful thing in the earth. Right? I mean, people are looking for all kinds of stuff. Before you be a Christian, looking all kinds of stuff, all kinds of addictions, work, money, whatever. But nothing really will satisfy them, and it leaves them empty. And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, I am the life. There is no other life outside of Jesus. See, we were created to be in connection with God. We were created to have the life of God pulsating through our lives. Amen? Jesus says this in John 10.10. 10. This is what it says. He says, the thief, we heard about this thief this morning. Sean was sharing his story. The thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy the devil. We talked about it before. But Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Jesus wants to give life. Is the enemy. His intention is to kill and destroy and to rob us of the things that God wants to give us. Many of us in this room, we have been robbed of what the enemy has taken from us. It could be a relational thing, it could be a child, it could be money, it could be business, it could be work, whatever, health. The enemy is very good at robbing stuff from you. But Jesus says, I have come to give life and life more abundantly. So my question to you is, what has the enemy stolen from you? Maybe you're not a Christian in this today. Maybe you're watching online. And you're not a Christian today. You say, man, I'm angry at God. Don't be angry at God. He doesn't take stuff from you. He gives life to you. He wants to give life to you. Blame it on the devil. He is trying to take you out. He is trying to muck around with your finances. He is trying to muck around with your family. He is trying to muck around all with health or whatever in your life. Anybody to blame, blame him. He is a thief. Come to rob. It says in the Passion Translation this, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. See, that's what Jesus wants in our lives. Jesus comes into our lives with his life, his goodness, his love, his joy, his peace. Everything comes from God into our lives, not only to bless us, but then we can start blessing people. We can start blessing other people and live in this overflow. And that's what we see in Jesus. The only thing Jesus did next to going to the cross for us and revealing the Father, he went around doing good. And healing those who were oppressed by the devil. Yeah. So he, for three years, he just was, that's all he did. Doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil, or heal, you know, oppressed by the devil and sick by the devil. It's true. He was anointed in this way. Holy Spirit, Acts 10, doing good, healing others. Passion translation, wonderful, doing wonderful things for other people and divinely healing. All those who are under the tyranny 
of the devil. God anointed Jesus. He has anointed you and me. He has filled us with his Holy Spirit. He has filled us with his life. And because he's done this, we start to overflow and go to other people like Jesus. And we go into our community and we start to heal people and to bless people and to just honor people and to just support them and things like this. Just like Jesus. See, it's all about Jesus. We didn't just put it in there. This for nothing. The flyer says that 20,000 were going into the community. It's all about Jesus. So I saw those people ask me, what do, you, what do you preach? Do you preach something else than Jesus? I said, no. I preach Jesus. In the Old Testament, you pray Old Testament? Absolutely. In the Old Testament, he's concealed. New Testament revealed. Everything is about Jesus in the end. So you just preach Jesus. You know, you preach God, you preach Jesus. Have you got any, any other message? No, I don't. It's really sad. I come different angles every time, right? And we all do, right? But it's all about Jesus. Amen? Let's say it all together. It's all about Jesus. <clears throat> it's all about him giving us life. And then we pass on the life that he's given to us. It's really simple. I mean, the gospel is really, really simple. Right? Maybe you're sitting here and watching online and you've never felt the life of God. Maybe you've never felt, felt the love of God. Maybe you're sitting here you never felt the the peace of God. Maybe never felt the joy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is amazing. I want to testify today that Jesus is amazing. And we need Jesus in our lives. All of us here, all of us in Christchurch, all of us in New Zealand need Jesus. See, Christianity is not some religion. Religions say, do good, do this, do that. You've got to become this. You've got to uh, go after this, whatever, to become somebody. That is not Christianity. Christianity is not some self-improvement program. It just isn't that way. We're not trying to be good enough. You'll never be good enough. It's Christianity is so incredibly simple. You know what it is? God wants to give you his life. Full stop. We make it so complicated. So many churches make it so complicated. Jesus wants to give you his life. And when he gives you his life, all heaven breaks loose. Because then he starts to change you from the inside out, right? Your desires change. Healing comes, deliverance comes, meaning comes, joy comes, everything comes. But it's not because we do something to go after it. No, it's by receiving his life. It is so incredibly simple. Yeah, I give it up to the Lord. Hallelujah. So incredibly simple. God wants to give you his life. That's it. <clears throat> John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now I want to say something to you. This is not just a ticket to heaven. Yes, it is also a ticket to heaven. Jesus paid the price for you and he will, he will take you to heaven. When you're in him, when you give his life, you'll get to heaven. But it really is much more than that. He wants to give you his life right now. Yeah. To receive Christ into your life. You have eternal life right now because eternal life starts to live inside of you. Yes. Whether you live or whether you die. You look at Paul's life. Whether you live or die, I'm with Christ. 
Whether you live or die, I have his life. It is a gift. It needs to be received. So my question to you is, how good are you at receiving? This is what it says in 1 John 5. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony that God has given about his Son. Now what is this testimony? This is it. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have the life. Now I don't know how much easier you can express the gospel. This is it. You either have the Son of God, you either have Jesus Christ, or you don't. You either have life, or you don't. Simple, isn't it, really? It is so simple. See, it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. Before the foundation of the world, he was slain for you and I. It was all about Jesus. Even before God thought about the world, it's all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. It's not about what you bring to him. It's about what he brought to you. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did for you. It's so beautiful. Jesus. So my question to you is, how good are you at receiving? Most things in the life, in the Christian life, are received. Salvation is received. Forgiveness is received. The Holy Spirit is received. The gifts of the Spirit are received. The power of God is received. Everything received. Healing is received. My question again to you, whether you're a non-believer or whether you're a believer, how good are you at receiving? Because most things in the gospel, in the life, in the Christian life, come as you receive. And one of the biggest problems we have that we just don't know sometimes what we have received. We have been given something, but sometimes we do not know. And that is most people in Christchurch and in New Zealand. There is something in your possession, but you really don't have it in your possession because you haven't received it. If I give you right now a bag of million dollars, right now, I'll put it next to you, Richard. I'll put a bag with a million bucks, right? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, give me a million. So I can give him a million. He can give 100,000 to church. Thank you, Jesus. I like the deal, Lord. 200,000. You're very generous. You're very generous, some of that. Anyway, when I give you a bag of a million dollars, but you don't receive it, you just leave it there, you walk out the door and you just leave it there. You don't bank it, you don't use it, you don't take It's not even yours. I mean, it's yours, but you're not using it. It's not yours, is it? Because it's yours, but you're not using it. Same as the gospel. Every person in Christchurch, every person in New Zealand, every person in the world has received salvation. Has not received salvation, has been given salvation, has been given forgiveness, has been given everything. There's only one thing you have to do is to receive. Say yes to Jesus. It's those who have faith. For God to love the world, only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We've got to receive. God loved us so much in Jesus. He sent his son to die for us. You say, Why did he die for me? Because we have a sin problem. I mean, we love rugby, don't we? we got the sin bin. What is a sin bin? Oh, very interesting, by the way. There's a sin bin here. Um, sin bin in New Zealand. Interesting, isn't it? We have a sin bin. That means if you've done something wrong, you've got to pay for it, right? You've got to pay for like 10 minutes or whatever you do, right? Huh? See? 
See, that's what Jesus did, what God did with Jesus. He put Jesus in the sin bin for us. It was the sin in our life, our selfishness, the stuff that we walked away from God. There was a big gap that could not be covered. That could not be, we couldn't get close to God. And so Jesus, I'll step in. I'm sinless, I'm holy, I'm the son of the living God, but I'll, I'll give my life on the cross. He gave his life for you. That's much how much he loves you to make you holy and righteous, to make you guilt-free, to make you wonderful, shame-free. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible says that he made us alive. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says you were dead in your transgressions, dead in your sins. But then in verse 4, but because of his great love for us, he made us alive. Everybody say alive. alive. He made us alive with Christ, even when you're dead in your transgressions. It's by grace that you have been saved. See, it's not something you've done. It's not something we can ever do. It's something to be received. It says, yes, Jesus, I'll have you. Yes, Jesus, come into my life. Change my life from the inside out. You can't earn it. There's no reward for being good in that area. You just got to receive the gift of God. It's a free gift. And when you receive the life of God, all heaven breaks loose. Let's watch this video. Wow. I agree with you, Stu. Every time we cry again, we, they, they showed us this, um, this video at our retreat, um, Janelle did, and, it was, and, and we're all sobbing, all, the whole staff, you know, and maybe, maybe you are too here today, which is a powerful story, but this is what life does. This is when God's life comes into your life. Everything changes. And most of us in this room have experienced this life. It's wonderful. And let's not keep this life to ourselves, but let's give this life away. Let's live in the overflow, like I said before. Because we've been blessed to be a blessing. As Christians, let's just not have this as keep it to yourself. I'm so happy as a Christian. Yes, you should be. But let's start giving it out. Let's live in the overflow. Because like Jesus, everywhere you go, God wants to use your life to change somebody else's life. It's the most wonderful thing that my privilege, your privilege to lead people to Christ, to lead people into healing, to lead people into just the beauty of what it means to live in the life of God. The healing that comes, the love that comes, the joy. 